Yep, just came here to be crushed by some 500 pound millstones. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey man, that's some smart people. Holy. It's like big, huge rocks of truth. The rock of ages. Revelation speaks about 500 pound millstones falling from heaven. And people think that's literal. No, he's the rock of ages. <laughs> he's the solid rock. You got to go into the scripture if you're going to interpret the book of Revelation because Revelation requires wisdom. It even says it. <laughs> it takes great wisdom to understand this little scroll. Revelation, I... It was my favorite book in the Bible. I went through all 22 chapters today, and I've never been more encouraged in my entire life. I get so high on the book of Revelation. I, I mean, whew, this is fun. And uh, I used to be a drug addict, so for me now, the anointing and the Word is my drugs. And I tell you the truth, every day I get so much higher than I did smoking meth, smoking crack, snorting heroin. I wasn't a shooter, I snorted, and I smoked opium, I did a lot of LSD, I did a ton of cocaine, smoked a ton of crack, and all those drugs combined don't even compare to one day in the book of Revelation, I tell you the truth. I get so high, I get so happy, and I love it because the Word of God is King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and it's written on my heart. And I grow in wisdom every day, so I understand more of the Word. And then I get around my brothers and sisters of the city of Minneapolis and the kingdom of Minneapolis, and I get to pour all the fire blazing from the Word of God that's in my heart right through their hearts. And people just get annihilated on joy, annihilated on love, all over the place. You know, you think the reign of Christ is bad? The reign of Christ is wonderful. The reign of Christ isn't some theological experience of, you know, blah, blah, blah that they taught in the assemblies of God. I mean, I, you have to get unlearned. Some of y'all are coming from studying under Gamaliel, you know, and you're literally like chief Pharisees because you know so much here but you have so little written here. It is true that in the Old Testament, you knew the word here in the brain. They'd actually have the scriptures before their eyes and wear their phylacteries, and they had that little box that had the scripture in it. I got one from Israel over there. But and you put the scripture in, you rested on your forehead, and you'd memorize the word, and it was all in the brain. That's the Old Covenant. The New Covenant is the Word written on your heart, the circumcision of the heart. Until you get the Word in your heart, it doesn't matter how much information you get in your brain. It's all going to be Phariseeism. It's all going to be religion. The Word comes alive by the blazing anointing through your heart. Hebrews says, He has written His law upon my heart. Amen. And then the overflow, obviously, is through the brain. But the origin of how the temple of the Holy Spirit, your body is built by God's hands, is your spirit, and then from your spirit, through your heart, and from your heart, 
through your head. That's how the river flows. John 7:38 in the King James Version, out of your heart flows rivers, or actually it says, out of your belly flows rivers of living waters for those who believe. But of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost. So you have all of the anointing in your spirit, and you have all the Bible in your heart. And what happens is, when all of the words that come from God are written on your heart, and your spirit is alive, you manifest the Word of God into the earth, and that restores divine order. There's nothing more rock solid in creation than the Word. Did you build upon the solid rock? Did you build upon the Word? (laughs) Get the Amplified. Read it. Get the audio Amplified. We shared it in the RLM group. Ten people liked it, you know? But, I mean, you can't get that anywhere. They don't even sell it anymore. The Amplified Classic Audio. we got Psalms, Proverbs, and the New Testament for free download in the RLM group. Join the RLM group and download that audio Amplified. Start listening to it and feeding your spirit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours a day. You'll be more energized than any other experience you've ever had in your life. That, that has energized you. The anointing is pure energy. What you draw your energy from is actually your God. Some people draw their energy from shopping. Some people draw their energy from controlling others with rules and regulations. They're called sorcerers of religion. Some people draw their energy from making money. There's all kinds of gods in Babylon the Great, you know. I heard Paul Keith Davis say there was 10 million demon gods on earth that you could serve instead of the Holy Spirit. 10 million demon gods. And I heard another brother say there was as many gods or demons as there were Hindu gods. And the Hindu gods are like 100 million. So imagine 100 million demons fighting for your worship, influencing your brain with lies constantly in the world. How are you going to stand? Put on the full armor of God, bro. (laughs) Do you know how easy it is for Christ to stand? It's so easy, it's ridiculous. It's only impossible if you try to do it with your human strength. But if you energize your spirit with the New Testament with Paul's epistles, with the book of Revelation, you'll be so strong that it's laughable. Evil spirits will scream out and leave when you come within a hundred yards of them. Because you're so well fed. Because you're so strengthened with might and superhuman energy in your inner man. (laughs) But if you're a weak and feeble Christian, and you don't know that you're a spirit because you're like the seven sons of Sceva. You're trying to do Christianity in the flesh and you're beat up all the time. You're going to get completely and totally destroyed in this world, Babylon the Great. This is the most sorcery. Satan knows this is his last stand. This isn't the last stand for Jesus or the angels or the kingdom. So no one in the kingdom's panicked or worried about anything, ever. We got the Father, the Father of spirits, the Father of angels. He made all the angels. 
You know, even the one-third that fell, every single one is completely and totally subservient to the Father. The fallen angels can't do anything. We're talking about the Almighty. There's no contest here. There's no struggle here. It's just how much of the Father, the invincible, omnipotent one, has been formed in you. When the Father's formed in you, the struggle's over. <laughs> the, the demons, when they talked to Jesus in the scriptures, begged for their lives. Is that how situations are towards you? That the circumstances are so submitted to you that externalism around the Messiah is so submitted to you, they're begging you for mercy because you have so much dominance over natural circumstances. Tell you, that's what it means to be strong in the Lord, energized with might in your inner man, strengthened, powerful, <laughs> seven blazing torches of the Lion of Judah. The temples of the Holy Spirit are not weak people. The Holy Spirit can never be controlled by creation. He's the creator of everything. He brooded over the deep in the chaos in Genesis 1. I mean, he was there at the fall, brooding over the chaos. You know, taking care of business and not even worried. It's just like, you got to do what you got to do when you're God. <laughs> when you're the Holy Spirit, you just... Gotta do what you gotta do. You do God. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know the Almighty? Do you know the power? Do you know the scriptures? Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees. And in order to be a Pharisee, you had to have the entire Old Testament memorized. The whole thing. The prophets, the Psalms, the minor prophets. The, you had to have the Torah, the Pentateuch, all of it memorized from Genesis to Malachi and in order to be a Pharisee and he told these Pharisees in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John that you don't know the scriptures because you don't know the power of God if you are not in the Holy Spirit you can't understand one word of Moses one word of the Apostle Paul and that's something people are like oh the stuff of Moses done away with I was studying in Revelation today, and it says they will sing the song of Moses. In the book of Revelation, the overcomers, because they're the deliverers of the end times. Revelation 14, they'll sing a new song. They'll sing the song of Moses, and they'll sing a song that only they know who are inside that city, who have overcome the world, who have become the champions of humanity by not being intimidated by the potent sorcery and all the lies of Babylon the Great and all Satan and his angels and all the constructions of human systems in the world. There's no matrix in their hearts. There's no matrix in their minds. They're 100% in Zion, filled with the word of Morpheus, the word of God, the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> and you know we got this. But it's so important today that you understand those overcomers sing a new song. Revelation 14.3 God the Father said today, that's the song of love that you've learned to love perfectly. That everyone who overcomes the world 
sings the song of Solomon, is the song of Solomon made flesh, is drunk with love, has an overflow of love, and where the sons of God manifest in those cities, the song of Solomon is sung over all souls. Say that five times fast. Where the sons of God manifest in those cities over all souls, the song of Solomon is sung over their souls by the sons of God in those cities. <laughs> You're going to get drunk listening to this today. This is intoxicating. This is some thick sauce today. At worship time, it went by like it was five minutes. Did you notice that? That was an hour of what some of the most supremely intoxicating times I've ever had Joe's bar, but it felt like five minutes. It was the fastest hour that has ever gone by that I've ever broadcast during a worship time. So while uh, another place in Revelation today, I was, he says that he's eternal. And the word eternal, that he sits in the eternity of the eternities. In Amplified, it says the eternal one. In Revelation, speaking of Jesus Christ and how he ascended to the right hand of God, and where he is seated at the right hand of the Father, in the Amplified, it says about Revelation, he's seated in the eternity of the eternities. And he was telling me, this is a degree of glory that you're sealed outside of time and space in your heart, internally. Externally, nothing out here has dominion over us. Internally, and I'm telling you, every single angel in the angel world sees what's inside you because your body is a temple. <laughs> your body is a temple of Babylon the Great or your body is a temple of the kingdom of heaven. But no angel, good two-thirds or bad one-third is fooled by anyone in the whole world. You're only fooling yourself or fooling fellow human beings. And human beings, some of them aren't human beings, and they're not fooled because they got the eternity of eternities inside their hearts and minds. You got some very glorified people here. There are friends of the bridegroom present. There are sons of God manifesting. There are people who have sanctified and made their hearts pure. <laughs> there are ones here today that sing the new song, that know the new song, that have the name of the Father and the New Jerusalem written on their foreheads. I'm speaking to some of them today. I can feel the intensity of the increase of love as the sons of God manifest. There's a cluster anointing amongst the manifesting sons that so intensifies the glory of God that Two puts a thousand to flight. Three puts ten thousand to flight. Four puts a hundred thousand to flight. The unity of the brethren at the top of the mountain is exponential magnification of the anointing. <laughs> That's why the scariest thing Satan's ever seen is having sons of God in perfect unity. You can't have that in the flesh. This isn't flesh agreement. This isn't church club. This isn't some kind of human system. You have this in the spirit. You have it in the spirit of prophecy. You have it in the seven blazing torches. You have it in the word of God written on their hearts. 
and you have it in the full release of the glory blazing through their souls. When a person is fully adopted by the seven spirits of God, and it's written all the word of God on their heart, you cannot be in disagreement with another son. They're totally fake if they're in disagreement. They're in envy and strife, carnal and still babes in Christ, infants in Christ. With the seven spirits of God blazing through your heart, you can only love perfectly. You can only sing the new song. I tell you the truth, you couldn't hate even if you wanted to. It's impossible. Because the only thing coming in your heart is God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And what does the Bible say? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And what's written on your heart, your mouth speaks. And when you have the seven spirits of God in your heart, which is called the roots of David, guess what? You can only speak deliverance. Now you can speak seven thunders and get misunderstood because the carnal mind cannot understand one single thing from the divine. You know, when they, when they heard the Father speak, they said it thundered. They couldn't understand anything. Jesus heard clearly. You know, it's like, yeah, that's how we always whisper. To him it's a whisper, but to them it was thunder. How intimate are you with the Godhead? How well do you know the Almighty, the seven spirits of God? The seven spirits of God is the Father. It's true. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can know Him so much that when you open your mouth, all that comes out is deliverance. Now, this is a major issue that God's dealing with in Christianity. Psalms 82, verse 2. That you respect the persons of the wicked. (laughs) That you tolerate the persons of the wicked. This is tolerating and being reverent towards demons. When it says you tolerate the persons of the wicked, it means you're submitting to demons. And these are demons of the appearance of good. These are demons of the knowledge of good, of Satan's knowledge tree in the garden. This is why all the foundations of the earth are out of course. Psalms 82, read it. You tolerate the persons of the wicked. This is such an epidemic that Christians get offended every day when we're not submissive or reverent to demons. When a demon spirit speaks through an unrenewed mind, it's always a temptation. How did Jesus react to the temptations of demons? You read about it, he says, Get gagged, get stuffed, go loose, what is your name? Get behind me, Satan. I mean, he's never nice. He's never gentle towards demons. Now, he's nice and gentle towards human souls, but inside human souls, you have, Paul Keith Davis said, possibly a hundred million demons. So, if you tolerate the persons of the wicked, or you tolerate demons in human souls, what kind of compromise situation are you going to have? You're going to have a situation that's completely Laodicean, lukewarm. You're not going to have the true form of apostolic Christianity found in the book of Acts because you tolerate the persons of the wicked. Well, how do you know if it's a demon or how do you know if it's just a human? The anointing always knows. And I tell you the truth, the stronger you burn with the anointing in your heart, (laughs) 
they'll all show their ugly faces because we burn with such an intensity of the love of the Father. How they treat me in Red Letter Ministries is the ipso facto evidence if they're demons or not. <laughs> that's how demonized Christians are. And they're like, oh, it's, that's exactly how it is. There is nothing in my heart for anyone in the world except heaven on earth, healing, deliverance, kingdom, love, peace, prosperity. But people are so demonized and people so tolerate the persons of the wicked that when you're not nice to their demons, they get offended. <laughs> you are commanded to attack those things. And that's why we're so persecuted, because the American church has so tolerated demon possession, even in the, uh, the pastors. The pastors are completely demon-possessed. Religion is a demon. You're either going to have religion in the brain, and it's 100% of the time a demon, by the way. It's not like, oh, there's not a demon under every rock. You know, Catherine Kuhlman says there's two demons under every rock. <laughs> You think there's one? Uh, Teresa of Avila in the interior castle says, every room that you enter in the soul where, where there's not the glory of God, you're going to find reptiles and stinky, stenchy water. Wormwood. You're going to find swamp and sewage water and you're going to find evil critter, critters, reptiles, beasts, and foul birds in the air of those rooms. And it's going to be putrid. Because the soul needs to be illuminated by, this, by the Messiah, and the soul is an interior castle. And the interior castle is so complex and dynamic that the fullness of the Father can fit inside one soul, as we see in Jesus Christ, who's the exact representation of the invisible God. He's the divine, outrain brilliance of the light being, God the Father. He's the perfect manifestation of exactly in the fullness of who God the Father is. And guess what? You have that same man, Christ, inside your spirit today. And everything that's not in your heart and soul that's Christ is of the fallen world of Satan and his angels. And it all has to be burned out of your hearts. And it all has to be burned out of your souls for you to be glorified. And God can do it as quickly as you just say, yes, take it all. You know, people resist because they, they love some of the idols in their hearts and they love some of the lives in their minds. But if a person knows it's all rubbish and it's all Babylon the Great and it's all wizardry and witchcraft and Satan stars that fell from heaven, this deliverance can be done just whoop, cleaned out and you're completely filled in your heart and soul. That doesn't mean you're going to have all the wisdom from experience because you're a day one born-again Christian, but at least you're completely filled head to toes, baptized in the third heaven glory. And I know in this great awakening, that's how it's going to be. We've had during the church age such gradual transitions because we've been working at like a snail's pace, but in the kingdom, none of that happens that slow. It is so much acceleration what took me 20 years as far as being completely filled and flooded with God Himself and reaching full spiritual stature and the standard height of Christ's perfection, walking in 33 degree glory, the fullness of God the Father filling the heavens and the earth and Christ the headship of all mankind, 
people can share with that third heaven perfection and overcoming of all Satan's stars and walk in the perfect glory day one. That doesn't mean they're, they're of great wisdom. That just means they're born in great glory. And during this great awakening, people are going to be born in the great glory. Children that come in during the kingdom age will be coming into the kingdom glowing. You know, it says in Jasher that, you know, some of these people that were born like Noah was born levitating and glowing. And they knew he was a great deliverer. You know, and it's different signs and wonders. You know, you see Jesus in the manger and the biggest, brightest star in the heavens following Him. And there's all kinds of great signs and wonders that even the shepherds are singing hallelujah, wise men coming from the east. These kinds of signs and wonders will happen constantly during the kingdom age. I mean, it'll be on earth as it is in heaven, which means all the wondrous, glorious signs of God the Father's radiance through the sons of God will infiltrate every aspect of society and blaze through all flesh and turn all trading of all business into a sea of glass with balanced trading scales, and no business will ever be done by greed, manipulation, and witchcraft ever again. I tell you the truth, but business will boom forever on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom age is the time of all poverty being washed away from all nations, all sickness and disease, all religion, all rebellion, all black and white magic of the knowledge of good and evil of Satan's tree in the garden, washed out of all flesh by the tree of life, and all the glory of the leaves of that tree are the healing of the nations in the name of Jesus Christ. If you want to sow into that word, donate at redlettermen.com and be blessed a thousandfold after the order of Melchizedek in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Bam! Amen.